Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today I'm excited because we have Randy Vance and Katie Pelcher, and I hope I said that last name right, but they are the <laughs> hosts of the Truth in Lending podcast, and they've both been in the industry for years now. And so what I'll let them do is they'll let them introduce themselves a little bit and tell us a little bit about themselves. So I don't know who awesome. wants to go first. Go for it. Thank you. Ladies first. So kind of you yeah. guys. <laughs> um, Katie Pelcher, I work with Loan Depot. Started the industry as a loan officer assistant in 2017 and then worked my way up the ramp there to a sales manager starting the end of last year, leading Love a team it. between three or four different offices. So awesome. And uh, Randy Vance, Synergy One Lending. I'm the branch manager here in Bend, Oregon. And I got in the industry way back in 1999. You were probably still in middle school or elementary. And my first job was as a funder. Yeah, we did everything long form on triplicate. And I've been doing originations now for seven years. Love it. Love it, man. So a lot of experience between the two of you. And obviously, you guys have the Truth in Lending podcast. Tell me a little bit about kind of what that's all about and, you know, what that kind of means to the industry. Yeah. So kind of the angle with our podcast is it's by loan originators for loan originators, right? So we're all sharing ideas. We're talking about the market. We're trying to sometimes talk each other off the ledge, you know, especially <laughs> how, how things year. have been this year. Um, but, you know, trying to bring for the average casual listener, like we realize, you know, we're not the Rob Christmans of the world. We're not the Bill Bodners, you know, we're not like these super brains that can calculate, you know, what rates are going to do from one minute to the next. But really we want to just, you know, digest it, chew it up a little bit and make it easy for the casual loan officer or top producing loan officer to get some insight from. Misery Love loves it. company. That's I'd right. say even in a good market, there's still yeah. misery sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> it's fun to get loan officers together to just talk about what we're going through and what the market is kind of providing to us. Yeah, today's uh, episode is going to be all about historical optimism. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting, right? I mean, you know, but but I think it's cool because you're right. I mean, you know, in 2020, 21. 18 hour days, you know, that's a little bit of misery there. <laughs> and now 18 hour <laughs> days just trying to get more business, right? So it's a lot of work, but I love it. It's a cool concept. And obviously I'm sure it wasn't always easy. So tell us a little bit about like how this got started. Like where did this kind of start from? So I started a podcast a couple of years ago called Money Minded. And it was really, you know, bringing on real estate agents, different industry type professionals, CPAs. And I had a little bit more of a localized feel to it and really enjoyed doing that. Obviously, there were some bumps and bruises and some learning experiences along the way. I'm sure you run your own podcast, so I'm sure you've mm -hmm. learned how to do things better and things that work better for you. And Money Minded had two great seasons, and I've always wanted to do just a really you know loan officer-centric type podcast, but also for the casual listener. You know, It's definitely open for the public to listen to, but you know, Katie was one of the last guests that we had on Money Minded, and I was just like, gosh, she would be a dynamite <laughs> co-host. 
And so, yeah, think, we just we started we have, talking about it. Yeah, we have a lot of obviously different opinions or different perspectives from the market. You know, I started sure. in 2017, so I'm not calloused and grumpy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for five companies that went out of business and didn't give me a last check from 08 to 2011. Oh, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little jaded. <laughs> so it gives a nice yeah, balance. Rough. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine, right? So, you know, and obviously you get the one side of it. You've been in the business since 1999. So tell me a little bit about that. I'd love to hear kind of the come up story. And, you know, obviously you just talked a little bit about that. Five companies went out of business. So talk a little bit about that. Like what has kept you in this industry? And, you know, what did that look like as you kind of, you know, grew in this industry? This, this isn't our podcast too, so you can toot your horn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually, it's really sad and depressing. Nobody wants to hear that story. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was listening to your last podcast, the previous guest that you had on, on my way into work this morning. And, you know, I was that guy that I was an admin guy, right? I was a loan processor for 15 years, was always working on the admin side of things. And I just always had this disdain for sales because these sales guys, like they'd be in the office for 15 hours a week and they'd be driving new Mercedes Uh and, you know, they'd just be rolling in the dough. And here I am, you know, just punching a clock and feeling like I'm working my tail off. And finally, I realized, you know, gosh, I've been in this long enough. I have no stage fright. I can get in front of people. I can talk like, how hard can it really be? So getting away from the salary and then, you know, going strictly commission, that's been a real eye opener for me. There's been bumps and bruises along the way, for sure. Sure. I think that's one of the biggest, you know, fights, you know, obviously, like I remember when I was an account executive and like there was always this fight ops versus sales. And, you know, I just think, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, some salespeople aren't the nicest to ops all the time. I think, you know, if you, if you treat ops the right way, you're going to get a lot more uh, benefits out of it than, you know, yeah. yelling at them and things like I that. I take really, really good care of my people. If they listen to this, they know I take really <laughs> good care of them. Yeah, it's important. I think it's one of the biggest things too, because I mean, you know, I've even seen some top producers that are just complete jerks. And it's like, I just know because I used to be in the office, and I'd go over and talk to the underwriters and talk to the processors and they'd be like, I'm not going to do that. I'm naturally a guy. complete jerk. But, <laughs> but you know, when but, it comes to your team. But, yeah, <laughs> totally different. yeah, absolutely. Totally different. <laughs> I love it. So what was that transition like? I mean, you know, obviously the hard part with going from salary to commission only is there's like this sort of up in the air, you don't have a set paycheck every single month. What did that kind of look like? And was that smooth or was that a pretty rocky transition? No, you know, it was, how do I get the phone to ring? Right. You know, I grew up in a small community, you know, central Oregon's about 200, 250,000 people. Went to high school here, you know, lived the majority of my life here. It's like, okay, so I basically let everybody know that's in my sphere that I'm in the business. And they all knew, you know, being on the processing side, I was a good processor, but nobody really knew, you know, I didn't really have a reputation as an originator. And that took a couple of really difficult years closing, you know, one, two, five loans a month, you know, some goose eggs, multiple months with goose eggs in the middle. And it's just, yeah, the transition, the transition was really tough. I had a pull in my stomach because I was just conditioned for so long in my adult life that I'm going to get paid. I show up to work, I get paid. And instead of kind of just changing the whole mindset of as hard as I work, as good as I'm going to be rewarded, you know? So it's just, you know, what you sow, you reap kind of thing. If you just boil it down to its most basic sense. Yeah, absolutely. There's the concept of leading versus lagging indicators, right? So many times people focus on lagging indicators, which is results, right? And they forget that mm-hmm. what leads to those results is the work you put into it, right? So what are the things you can control? Like how many conversations are you having? You know, how many calls are you making? How many realtors are you talking to? Like how many of your network are you talking to? And most people, once you actually dig into those numbers, if they're not doing well, you realize, okay, well, you're not taking the actions required to get the results that you want. 
And I just think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I even talking with other agency owners and things like that, like from the marketing standpoint, they'd be like, oh man, like, how are you growing? I'm like, well, let's talk about it. How many cold emails have you sent this month? You know, how many cold calls have you made this month? How many, you know, posts have you I made? I just how sit many back people and wait friend? for the phone to ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what happens once you're established. But at the beginning, you have to just talk to people, right? And that's the thing, right? Yeah. People do that, right? And I like to call it hope marketing. People hope because, yeah. hey, I'm such a great person. I have such a great service that you know, people are just going to naturally, you know, start coming to me and start calling me. But, you know, unfortunately, if no one knows who you are and what you do, they're not going to come to you. So, Katie, so you also <laughs> seems like you transitioned a little bit too, right? You went LOA to loan officer. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, gosh, I'm an advocate for that. I think that you learn so much and being an assistant to someone and I was an assistant to a top producer and getting my hands in so many files and just helping with that volume is a totally different mindset and a different mentality because you're not fixated or focusing. So it was a good experience and learning all of the dynamics (laughs) of the whole world. But yeah, I came into it completely blind and learned quickly, I would say, (laughs) through the ropes of what we could do and what it could go from there. So started to build my business kind of under the team and was able to branch off and take pieces of it with me that I hope will propel to a lot more in the future too, because it's only been rounding up on one year for the first time on my own. And she's already killing it. She's already my competition too. Like, we'll what was it. I, what She's was I already thinking? my competition? <laughs> like, what was I She's going to be doing, She's gonna be doing 200 units a year in no time. <laughs> That's the goal. And I love it because I think so many times loan officers and other industries as well, but I think so many times there's this ego play, right? Like, you know, people are closing one or two deals a month and they're not willing to, you know, I think it actually does make sense to do what you did, which was like learn from somebody else that's producing at a high level, because then you learn mm-hmm. what it takes to produce at a high level, right? You don't think it's just like, again, hope marketing. You don't think you know, they actually have systems in place. They know exactly how to get more clients. They have systems behind the scenes, what it takes to scale, what it takes to run a team. And I think that's one of the hardest things, you know, that loan officers deal with is they forget to treat their business like a business, Right. I mean, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like that's really what you are as a business owner. Yeah. Technically, I know you're W2 most of the time, which is just an and, unfortunate and uh, tax thing. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of times that there's a file that once you feel like you hit that wall, if you're a newer loan officer without the experience to look outside that wall, <laughs> you right. feel stuck, you right. feel stopped. But there's so many options. Sometimes it takes stepping back and being able to have experience of looking at different things. And, you know, one is the team, just having other people in your team. And I think Oregon in general is very different <laughs> to that, or at least Central Oregon. You know, if I had to call Randy and say, I feel completely stuck, even though you're my competitor, he's still going to be reaching out to try to figure, you know, how I feel, which is different than most markets that would say, well, pound sand, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, it's a little less cutthroat here. I mean, there's still <laughs> some cutthroat action, but sure. <laughs> for the most part, we're a pretty tight-knit community as far as lenders go. Yeah, I think there's something to be said there because I think that's coming from the abundance mindset as well, right? I mean, because at the end of the day, like, it's not like you can service every client in Bend, Oregon, right? I mean, hey, maybe you think you can, but at the end of the day, yeah. like, there's plenty of business for everyone <laughs> out there, right? And, you know, one of the things that I've learned is like, you give everything away and like, you know, 10% of it is actually get implemented by people. Right. So it's like, you can give away everything. And yet most of people aren't actually going to take the steps to implement the things that you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. What obviously in this case, it's talking about a file, but you know, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to like, you know, your processes, things like that, most of the time people aren't actually going to, you know, do the things that they're asking about, which is, you know, unfortunate, but also just goes That's to so show true. that like, you can give away as much as you want and still come up on top. So Awesome. So talk a little bit about this market. Either one of you guys can answer this. Like, what are you guys doing in the market like that we have today, right? I mean, rates have gone up. There's still pretty high competition. Inventory is still pretty low. 
what are you guys doing in this market to get out in front of more borrowers and just kind of stay in front of them? Gosh, I'm just trying give to stick to the basics. Have the, what was that? <laughs> He's like, give me all your secrets. secrets. All my secrets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, stay on top of the people that matter to you and treat your clients right. I think that every single transaction that you have is an opportunity to get three more. So give all your attention to that work. I think the people you're in contract with, you know, you have that opportunity to show them who you are and what you can do. And really capitalizing on that is a good opportunity. Getting out, I'm networking constantly, but so is everyone else in this market. So it's yeah. uh, kind of makes that difference of standing out and the follow up afterwards is so important. Sure. So that's really what it comes down to and back to. I call Joe Brickman for coffee because I know how much that guy loves coffee. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's Joe Brickman. He's the guy on the last episode, didn't you do yeah. your homework? <laughs> yeah, what? You don't listen to the podcast? That's why we make such a great pair. You know, I'll tell you, Luke, I'll tell you what I do is I find a really dark, quiet corner and I curl up in a little ball and I cry. <laughs> but when I'm done sounds, crying... Sounds like 90% alone when, right? when I'm done crying and eventually the crying does stop, I pull up my bootstraps and... I stay in touch with the people who kept me fed most of 2021 and year to date, right? Things are sure. slowing down. Rates have gone up. There's a lot more fear in real estate lines right now, you know, just in the last few weeks of what's going on and how things are sitting. For one, I've got a house on the market. We just put it on the market really, really well priced, perfect for a nice little rental. And it's had one showing and it's had two phone calls in two weeks. Wow. And yeah. it's unheard of here, you know, in central right, Oregon, right. it is a... You know, we got the mountain here, we got lakes and rivers and stream. It's an adult outdoor playground and people want to be here. They want to buy here, but the market is shocked right now. And I'm taking the time basically to reassure my referral partners, right? Talk them down off the ledge. Like, look, hey, I'm feeling it too. Misery loves company. The market's going to come back. You know, bear markets only last for a year or less. Like, yeah, things are going to get a little bit lean, but it's really about getting that sphere around me to trust in me and to trust that I know what I'm doing, right? That I'm not going to lead them astray. And that also, you know, it's okay to be a little bit worried, but like <laughs> eventually you just got to stop being worried and you got to go to work. So it's making right. those phone calls, you know, it's taking them out golf and it's, you know, getting them out on the boat, on the water and, and spending some time enjoying life. Whereas the last two years, we were working those 18 hour days. I mean, right. we were shooting fish in a barrel you know, I went from being a 50 million a year guy to a hundred million a year guy just from one year. And like, as much as I love that and I love that income, it was a little too much for me personally. Sure. And so now getting down to, you know, how things are in a more stable market is like being able to enjoy that and working on those relationships. You know, I know a lot of people, they try to separate church and state and they don't necessarily make the referral partners or friends. For me, it's quite the opposite. I like to spend as much time with them as possible. That way I know they're not cheating on me. <laughs> smart. Yeah, super smart. Perspective is everything too, right? If this was 2018 to 2022, we wouldn't yeah. be feeling very much like the world is crashing, but there's a lot of people in our industry right now. And all we can do is be the best that we can and focus on educating. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that fear, that quietness is just from people not knowing what's going to happen next. And if you can educate, I think the big saying that's been going around lately is you marry the house, you date the rate, 
divorce right. the rent. <laughs> right. So I think that that's a good, you know, mentality. And if you're focusing on that and you're educating that and you're educating your realtors on different tactics or different ways that you can do it, getting videos out, getting in front of people, that's going to reap big rewards when things, you know, start to pick up and people aren't as nervous mm-hmm. anymore. So I started, yep. I'll tell you, Luke, what I did last year when I was making hay, I reinvested in myself. I took 25% of my income, 25% of my income, and I reinvested in myself with TV advertising, print advertising, online advertising, you know, buying different leads for different lead gens, right? Just reinvesting in myself. Nobody else in our market was advertising. You know, there'd be a one-off or two-off Loan Depot commercial that you would see that corporate probably paid for or Rocket Mortgage, but nobody local was really advertising. Right, right. And so I started doing TV. I was the only one doing TV. Well, you know, we were shooting fish in the barrel. I got maybe one or two phone calls from someone said, oh, I saw you on TV. I want to refinance my house. That was more for brand awareness, right? right? Branding myself. And so what I've continued to do, even with the market going down, is I committed to 25% this year. So even though my income is down, I'm still taking 25% of what it is. I'm reinvesting into myself. I'm still paying for the lead gen as crappy as the leads are these days. And I'm still in, I'm still on the camera, right? I'm on social media. Everything I do is Team Vance Loans, right? My logo, you see it everywhere across town, whether it's on a picnic bench or a shopping cart or a billboard or the television, I'm all over the place. And so I continue to do that because... People are still going to buy houses in this market. Right. 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 Last year, 4.6, 4.7 trillion. This year, we're probably going to be 2.6 trillion back to kind of a normal number as an industry. So, you know, almost 50% of the business going away. Well, I still want my lion's share of that. And so I've got to be even more relevant. I've got to double down on my efforts. Like I can't just spend money when I'm making money. Sometimes, like you said earlier, you treat this as a business. You know, sometimes you got to double down and reinvest in your business. You got to have a loss leader. You got to have something that you're losing money on because, you know, down the road a year or two from now, it's going to come back and pay you tenfold. Right, right. You're building your pipeline for the future. That's probably one of the biggest things that I've really been thinking about and talking about, you know, with my team is just really like in this market, like what's the most important thing? And I think it comes down to, yeah, brand awareness, right? Getting people out in front of the audiences over and over and over again. And people even say that about me all the time. Like, oh man, I see your face everywhere. I see your face everywhere. I'm like, well, like how much, <laughs> how powerful could that be? You know? And then the thing is most people aren't willing to do video. Most people aren't willing to do those things. You know, people are always- I see Katie everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's funny. She's not even paying for TV. Even in your I'm office. seeing her on TV. <laughs> I know. And I see her in my office. I see her all over the place. So, so like you're doing something right too. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I think what makes us a unique pair is she's a millennial. I'm a Gen Xer. I've been doing this my entire life. She's been doing this for the last five years. So she's known nothing but three and 4% interest rates <laughs> and two. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when I got in this, you know, seven and a half, eight percent, that was a respectable rate. I knew the rates last month. Last month, I was like, okay, this is where I was. And then this month, I was like, ah, it's all new territory. All new territory. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I remember 2019, like right before everything happened, I remember like, loan officers are getting a little bit nervous, like rates kind of were starting to creep up a little bit. And then I remember like early 2020, obviously right after the scares, right after all those margin calls happened and stuff like that, when rates really dropped down, mm-hmm. all these people were like, man, I'm having the best month ever. I'm like, you don't think it has anything to do with the fact that it's like, you know, 3% rates right now, 2% rates. Like, I mean, come on, you know, like, and everybody, you know, everybody yeah. at the beginning of the year is like, what are we going to do this year? It's like, oh, we're going to take more market share. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. well, what are you going to do differently, right? Like, how are you going to take more market share if, you know, like you said, 50% of the business 
has basically gone away and everybody else is saying the same thing. Are you I'm up down on your efforts? I'm on purchases. I'm that's up what I love. Yeah, but yeah. you've been investing, right? Like that's the thing, right? So many people, like you said, and I hear people that come back to me, they're like, nah, I was just too busy. I was too busy. I wish I would have just kept advertising. I wish I would have done this. I'm like, yeah, but when are you going to do that? Like when you're working 18 hour days, you're going to keep buying leads. You're going to keep marketing. Like I get it. Like yeah. it's easy to look back and say, I wish I would have done that. But you know, unfortunately you can't do anything about the past. So all you can yeah. do is uh, continue <laughs> to build for the future, which I like. Like I mean, they say I, up I, here I, in I, Oregon, Luke, like they say up here in Oregon, when the sun's shining, make hay. <laughs> you know that's right that's right i mean seriously it's, well, so it's like when the work's there everybody else is putting in 18 hours put in 19 right you know i show up an hour before anyone else does at my office mm-hmm. and i'm working on the weekends i'm working on the evenings you know do the extra thing that nobody else is doing you know why do you think tom brady is as good as tom brady is why do you think these elite athletes are as good as they are it's because they show up first and they leave last and if you're not willing to take that sort of commitment you know, like our friend on the last show said, if you're in this business to make forty or fifty thousand dollars, figure something else out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said, get the f out, and I was like, all right, thanks, bro. But you know, I'm not yeah. to that out. You know, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, but for real, like it's true, right? Like I mean, you know, and that's what they say the average income is, like in the mortgage and even real estate, somewhere between fifty and seventy grand a year. It's like, man, this is a hard business to be in to make fifty to seventy grand a year, right? It's like, man, like you could do a lot easier things for 50 to 70 grand a year. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, that is not the grind of having to go out, pound the pavement, talk to people, you know, deal with all the conditions underwriting, dealing with, you know, bankruptcies and all kinds of crazy things like that. Borrowers that are Gosh, pissed and- off that, you know, that you ask for the bank statement, you know, things like that. <laughs> I always think about those one to two loans a month producers that take that call that only have been in the industry for a couple months when you don't know the answer, you can read anything on my face. <laughs> so as soon as I don't know something, I'm going to stutter and stammer. So that's hard for me to imagine that tenacity or that confidence <laughs> to go through that too. There's something there though, like, right? Like you don't have to know all the answers because at the end of the day, like you're never really going to know everything. But if you have the confidence to say, oh yeah, for sure. Actually, you know what? I don't know that. Are you talking about specifically for the FHA program? You know what? I don't know that specific one, right? And so you can kind of reframe things like that from a sales perspective. So it's like, you don't sound like an idiot, but hey, let me look into that for you. You know, I think part of it comes down to confidence. It is. It's it's confidence. 100%. It just makes the point of making the 50 to 70,000. It's a much harder job at that point. Oh (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I got you. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I 100% agree. Again, there's a lot of other jobs that you can do that are, I don't even know if it's say processing, right? I mean, you know, Randy, you know that, right? Processing, I'm sure was, you know, maybe not easier. I mean, there's a lot of hours put in, but, you know, you're just getting the steady income. You don't have to worry about, you know, whether or not you're going to get paid next month. Um, Well, unless you go through a crash like I did, you know, five companies in a three-year span. So so that makes me work harder. That's the chip on my shoulder that I have is that, you know what? I was expendable. I was unappreciated. And I was just a number on the balance sheet. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to take the power back. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be in charge essentially of whether or not I eat and whether or not my family eats. And your team. And my team, because my team is my family. (laughs) Shameless plug for my team. Hey, so we're going to have to clip some of these things and send it to your team. So they're like, hey, like, who's bragging about you guys on the podcast? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Real quick, is there anything that you would do differently? So like, let's just say you were just starting over again, but either of you guys can answer this. What's like one thing that you would do as a loan officer to go out and get business today? That's a tough question. Or if question. you're just starting over, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't have to be differently. I mean, you know, what would you do if you're starting over, right? Like, what would you do? 
to get if I was back. starting over and let's just say, you know, I decided to move. I decided to move down to San Diego because it's beautiful weather down there. I can be close to my buddy Luke. I can hang out and go do some <laughs> deep sea fishing, go hang out on Coronado, you know, maybe run up to Huntington. And, you know, if I'm getting into a brand new area, I'm cold calling. I'm showing up at events. I'm looking at what is on the local event calendar. I want to know how this community thinks, breathes, acts, speaks, reacts, right? I want to know all those things because, you know, how the community is up here in Central Oregon is nothing like it is down in San Diego, right? Right. What people respond to, what they don't respond to. Starting to immerse myself into the community first, getting to know people, learning pretty quick whether or not this person's a player. Right. Because, you know, sometimes I can start with a brand new person. If I see the potential, like this guy's going to be a player, like he's going to sell 40 million in real estate in this first year. And he's going to be, you know, sky's the limit next year. I start looking at the newer agents, right? Not every new agent's going to make it. Right. Let's say maybe 10 or 20%. And I'm just pulling that number out of thin air. I don't know what the number really is, but I'm I'm going to start with the newer people. Right. I've got a little bit of knowledge myself, but let's say if I was brand new, I'm going to go with people who are similar to me, but maybe have already had some success mm-hmm. and then love lean it. on that success, learn from them. You can. I love that. <laughs> I think getting immersed in the community is a really big part of it. And also getting into things mm-hmm. that really give you happiness and fulfill you too, because you find people that have common values and see yep. your genuine you and exactly who you are. So I play a lot of sand volleyball, which believe it or not, isn't a huge thing here in Central Oregon, but it is in San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) San Diego's waiting. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, But we have a great community around it. And, you know, getting involved with that has opened doors to different agents that are there. You know, I played volleyball with a realtor this morning, (laughs) 6 a.m. That's what we do. And then uh, we also, you know, getting involved with the chamber or getting involved with the Rotary Club. I think that you know, it gives you that opportunity to be your true self without necessarily looking for the leads, but they will naturally come to you just if you are a genuine person. Mm-hmm. I mean, if <laughs> and, you got the money, if you're starting over and you got the money, absolutely buy some leads. But if we're talking starting from ground up, yeah. This is typically what I tell, you know, newer loan officers, like you should wait at least a year before you buy leads. And the reason I say that, and I'm, that's coming from someone who generates leads. And the reason I say that is because like, you have to become a good loan officer first. You have to understand the nuances of a mortgage program and how to speak to people and how to take an application, all these things. There's so many complexities that you have to deal with in, I actually tell people, it's funny, I had a guy, actually he was at Loan Depot, but he switched companies, but he was one of my buddies locally and he was starting in the mortgage industry. And he came to me and I was like, dude, don't buy leads. Like, you're good with people. Just go talk to the people, you know, just cold call, go talk to real estate agents. Like that's really you know, I wish there was a better answer. I wish leads was like the magic ticket, but like leads are just, they're hard, man. They're this different ball game. You got to do different things to convert them. And so if you can have more mm-hmm. organic conversations with people, you're actually going to win and you're going to learn the industry first before you get into something more complex, like dealing with online leads. So I actually love both those things. And it's funny, you talked about, you know, getting, you know, as marketers, we call that market research, right? It's just going into the community, understanding, you know, who you're actually talking to so that you can then you know, make your pitch relevant, right? So that you can actually understand what they need and what they want. I think that's a huge thing too. Is if you're talking to real estate agents is making sure you understand what they need and what they want. Just a one quick story before we close out. We had one guy on the podcast a while back and he talked about this real estate agent reached out to them and they said, you know, like, oh, I want to learn a little bit more about what you do. So he's like, oh man, we can close in 21 days. We can do this, we can do that. And the lady's like, 
wow, that sounds kind of stressful. I don't want to close in 21 days. I just want to close <laughs> like at the end of the contract or whatever. And then he never ended up getting the business. And so it just kind of goes to show that like talking to real estate agents and people that you're working with, like actually understand what they need and want before you start pitching them on whatever cool thing that you think they want. I just think mm-hmm. that was a cool, you know, just kind of understanding that from what you said, Randy, which is go out, figure out what the community needs and wants, and then, you know, be able to provide that service to them. So thank you so much for that. As we close out, what can they find more about your podcast or, you know, learn more about you guys? On the places that have podcasts. <laughs> Katie's the millennial. She'll fill you in. How does it work? Spotify, podcast, <laughs> anywhere you listen to your podcast. Yeah, anywhere it. you listen to your podcast, <laughs> we also, we're there. We also have an Instagram, a Truth and Lending podcast. So Truth and Lending podcast on any of the websites that, you know, Spotify, Apple, you know, Apple podcast, Amazon, we'll be sure to have you on too. Cause you know, digital marketing and lead gen, those are things that we want to talk about as well. So we appreciate awesome. you having us on today. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for being here. And for everybody who's kind of listening, I just think it's important to think about like what Randy and Katie both talked about, which is getting in front of your community and staying in front of them and showing up, I think as a leader, I think that's one of the biggest things that I kind of took out of that is, you know, there's so much fear in the industry right now, the rates are going up, you know, things are getting a little harder. If you show up as a leader and you show up maybe with a little bit of that fear, but not with that as your leading thing, you're not complaining all the time about rates going up. I mean, control what you control. So I think that was one of the biggest things I took away from today was, Hey, you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to be a leader and I'm not going to let fear stop me from doing the things I need to do. So thank you so much for being here and have a great day. Awesome. Hey, thanks Thank you, Luke. Luke. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.